Mike's working. I can see that. Cool. We should slide it forward. Slide it back on. We're not Two steps now, y'all. One hop this time. Two hop. Let's go. Two hops this time. Chop, chop. Real smooth. Damn it. Damn it. Damn it. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Brotherhood Without Manners, your favorite full spoiler reread podcast of George R.R. Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series, starting with the Game of Thrones. As always, I'm your host, Zach. Ding! That was my smile. And sitting here next to me is Nate. Ding! That's that was his smile. smile. Oh. I said it too. Okay. That means it's extra smiley. And we're going to be throwing some Game of Thrones your way today. Up in her. Getting wild on your drive to work. We're just going to rage some Thrones. Get crazy. So, since we're talking about Thrones and raging, I've been reading an email about, uh, it's like a newsletter or something from an author I read. But he made a, he was complaining about the showrunners and he mentioned Euron. Mm. And he was saying how Euron is just upset because there's nowhere nearby for him to get some truck nuts to post up on the top of his mast on his boat. And I thought that that was it's fucking pretty hysterical. That was uh, Scott Lynch, at Scott Lynch. I don't know what his actual it's at, like, is. It's but, kind of like, a shame, uh, and I can't think of his name right now, but... Like, cause the actor isn't a bad actor. No, it's yeah. like the actor really tried, and you can tell he he did. But yeah, Euron was garbage. Like he just didn't know. I don't think he knew what the character was well, supposed it was, to be. I don't think the writers it, when knew. That too. I mean, he was trying. Like with whatever they gave him, he oh, speaking of the writers knowing, you had uh, stumbled across that. With uh, the broken, yeah. So that was interesting. It was uh, I can't take credit for the discovery at all myself. It was a Reddit post that I stumbled across, and essentially there is an excerpt about I believe it's King Aegon the Third. Yeah, I have to double check here because it gets very Targaryen. So, so it's an article. Here you go. You read? Yeah. Yeah, uh, It's an article. About King Aegon the Third, the unlucky, the broken, the dragon's bane. And I what I did was I read this the first time and it blew my fucking mind because I thought it was about something entirely different. And so I read it aloud to Nate, who you as well thought that this was sort of like a we at first I thought and Nate thought that it was like a fan fiction written shortly after the events of the show as to what happened with Bran and Tyrion's rule. Right. And it's not at all. It's an excerpt from Fire and Blood about describing King Aegon the Third, the Unlucky. Yeah, so I'll link the the article and into... his hand of the king and how essentially they're the exact same fucking thing. Yeah, it's crazy. And, and so we were wondering if perhaps that yeah we know that they weren't quite accurate to some of the plans that we and a lot of people aren't. But maybe of. they did at least keep it in the the history yeah, of the world. Yeah, they took the, it, it seems like they at least were influenced by something that they actually took from the source material. Yeah. And whether it not whether or not it lined up appropriately with the way the the show was going is to be debated Yeah, we all know at this else, point people but... have their thoughts and feelings about the way the show ended, but I one thought that this was just super interesting because it, it was cool. The, a, King Aegon the Third was essentially Bran. He was in a wheelchair. He was he was un, uh, unemotional. He didn't really. Now is that the Aegon that he took the idea for the chair when he told Tyrion that he got a a new idea for chair plans and what what was it the last of the Starks? Probably or, yeah. And was it Aegon the Third? Because that would maybe that's where the callback yeah, was coming. The tie-in. I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting. Yeah, Again, yeah, we'll post that in the show notes. It's a good read if you're interested still in the show, which, and maybe even if you're angry, it might maybe give you a different thought perspective on it because it's a super interesting read. Yeah, regardless, it's from Fire and Blood. So anyway, if you joined our last episode, we were reading Eddard and shit, I don't remember. I think it was 11? 11. Yeah, Eddard 11. And in this, Ned was holding court. He was ruling high atop the Iron Throne, which, as we discussed ad nauseum, is a 
large, looming mass of twisted steel, and it's just amazing. And you really felt its presence in that episode, in that, in that chapter. chapter. Yeah. And I even went so far as to say that it felt like it was a point of view chapter, sort of about or around the Iron Throne and sort of the influence it has. But the cool thing is, uh, in the back of that room it, during court. We had Sansa sitting there yeah. with Septimore Dane, and that's who we're reading this week. Yeah, so Ned had uh, been confronted with some people saying that they were attacked by brigands that by seemed mountain. to be Lannister yeah. men, the mountain, and his men, unadorned, unarmored. So Ned sent out Lord Beric Dondarrion, Thoros of Mir, the start of the Brotherhood Without Banners, and sent them to deliver the king's justice to Sir Gregor. And Sir Loras volunteered himself. He was really hopeful for it. And Ned said, right. you seek vengeance. We're delivering justice. So Ned made the proclamation. And then Varys was being weird at the end about Sir Illyn maybe being angry about it. And so this week we pick up with Sansa 3, her third chapter in this book. Yeah. The book We've is only got done. 28 chapters from here on. And it. so this chapter picks up the very same night that Ned was holding court. And she is telling Jane Poole, ugh. That her father would not send Sir Loras, and she believes it was because Ned was in a foul mood because his leg was paining him. Yes. Otherwise, he definitely would have been thinking it hurt clearly him ever enough. so much, and he gets so cross. And so it says that this night Ned was eating in his bedchamber with Alan, Harwin, and Van Poole to better rest his leg. Because poor dude literally broke it like a week ago yeah exactly and and sansa still hung up on loris's dismissal yeah Arya is supposed to be joining her and jane pool but she's yeah, late coming back from her right. dancing lesson so yeah they says yeah her father's decision had bewildered her she is fucking yeah. dumbstruck yeah because she was she was saying that the stories and songs were coming to life before her eyes yeah she thought like, she was stepping inside one of yeah. old man's stories for once the handsome knight uh, sir gregor the monster sir loris the true hero to slay him and he looked so, a true hero i thought it was really funny because she does she mentions that he looked a true hero so elegant and slim we got a description of the same person from Ned's point of view. Yeah. And it was not that. No, it was, he's a he scrawny said, boy. He, of... I think he said uh, he could see just how small he was now that he wasn't built up with his armor yeah, and stuff. Yeah. That he was actually much yeah, smaller. Yeah, no, he's a 16-year-old boy. Yeah. I mean, he's not he's not anything big and brave. Like, the armor, I'm sure, makes him look right, when you're on right. a fucking mounted steed. But Sansa's blind to it because it's a song coming true right yeah. before her. And so, but her father still refused him, and it upset her more than she could even tell. So, this girl's going through a lot, okay? So, everyone needs to just give her some space. But, she said as much to Septimortane, and was told that it was not her place to question her lord father. And this is when, once again, Creeper Baelish is here. mouth breather in the back here steps up. And, and he's says, like, yeah, you have the, the quote? I know. Uh, so, yeah, he basically exact. tells them that, you know, sometimes Ned's decisions could use with some questioning. Definitely. So, we don't disagree with that, but do you have to breathe well, down her neck? Well, then he creeps neck? it up and says, yeah. the young lady is wise as she is lovely. And he puts a hand up to her cheek and caresses with her, his thumb like her cheek bone down and yeah dude like these people need you to be just stopped. come up and start fucking touching on this girl and it's it's so i mean even in that world it's weird like let alone you know where we're at with yeah our thought processes, and uh, again like, we uh in our last email from the not so silent sisters we got some great correspondence they touch on this as well they put it a lot more eloquently obviously as women who have potentially experienced such a thing as just Or even creepy. if they haven't experienced it, just being just, a woman, just, having those... Well, yeah, I, I, that's, that's every what I mean. That's it, I'm sure, this at creeping this guy. And so yeah. we'll, we'll definitely touch on their email toward the end of the show because they have a lot of great yeah, points yeah, that I don't want to interrupt with our stupidity. So we're going to hold their email off until the yeah. end, and then we'll kind of go through it. But, yeah this like as much as i do love Littlefinger, the character i do not like this infatuation with yeah. sansa it's, it's it, and as much as out. we laugh about it like because he he just appears out of the blue it's to, all like, putting it's, and it's creepy but and it's, it's disgusting it, when you really think about it yes yeah, sansa i mean she hasn't even she's ha like, started having right. her period yet she's, 13, she's, she's still a, yeah, like a child girl. a little girl she is not 
menstruating. She's not a woman yet. It's not, and I like, and even if that, and I'm was only like, saying yeah. that by the standard in this world, obviously, like yeah. you know, because obviously, yeah. But fuck off, little finger. So it's creepy. Yeah. It's weird. So at the end of that, she because he gives a large sweeping bow because he says that. Sansa is as wise as she is lovely. Yeah. And so that was right before he came up and, you know, really creeped on her. But I, she, I, I wanted to note amongst all that else will happen with Sansa this chapter, her, how wise she really is here that he doesn't get to see. Cause in her head, she says that she's not quite sure whether he was mocking her or complimenting her. Yeah. I think cause she's never, never liked him. She has him pegged already. Like, yeah, yeah, She yeah, knows yeah. that there's something off with this fucking guy. The, both the girls do. And, Arya and yeah, Sansa well, are... I mean, Arya, it's almost expected. Like, yeah, she's but, a, but, I mean, Arya's younger, and, it, right. and still it's... But for Sansa to be like... Because I think she even mentioned something similar His in her last chapter. His fake smile or yeah, something. A, yeah, the fake, she kind the of, laughing eyes. Yeah, they oh, were just it. there was no laughter creepy. in his eyes. Yeah, she sees through Littlefinger's facade. And so, yeah, this is... And she's aware that the way he talks Is he mocking me or complimenting me? And, and so, so Septo Mordain is you know, like upset as fuck horrified. that they were overheard. And he, I'm sorry, Lord Baelish, don't listen to her. She was just rambling. It's nonsense. Yada, just yada, foolish yada. chatter. But he asks little <sighs> uh, he Littlefinger asks Sansa why she would have sent Sir, Lo- Sir Loras, and basically she says it's that she twelve year old girl. She stuff. had no choice but to explain the hero and the monster. So she explains the fairy tale in her head, and he says, "Well, that's not the answer I would have given," and. This is when he does the creepy cheek touch thing, yeah. and he says, "Life is not a song." One of his better lines. Yeah, that well, that's what's, yeah. I mean, life that's what's is great not a song, it. sweetling. You may learn that one day to your sorrow. And I mean, just for Sansa's journey, because as intolerable as she is in these first couple books, she is a great character. I really enjoy yeah, Elaine this chapters. Was, this was are, an outstanding chapter. And this even one was here. great. And so that that line right there just kind of sums up her whole character. Yeah, you know, life is not. Well, small, I, and I think that that's essentially what's happening here. This is this was the last kind of musically yeah, magical no, this, moment this, like from yeah, here on chapter, out for her she, she, we get a lot of hatred toward Winterfell toward Arya and yeah. it's all these things that I was thinking I couldn't help but thinking girl like you're gonna be you're no. gonna be wishing you got to get but sent what's back. crazy is that this is all stuff right here that's leading up to her writing that note writing yeah, that yeah. letter is this I don't want to I enjoy it here she's already got this she's forcing herself into a Stockholm syndrome mm, where she's mm-hmm. like no I want to be here I want to be queen I want to marry the prince like that's my I dream. mean she but she also is I mean I was I was thinking about that where it kind of finally settled in my brain that like she's being promised to be queen like who wouldn't no absolutely especially at that age be like fuck yeah i'm doing this like right right. but anyway it says that she doesn't say any of that to jane about little finger and all that conversation and so jane mentions that lord eddard sort of should have sent sir illin himself he is the king's justice and sansa shudders and said sir illin is like a second monster and Jane then says that Lord Beric is much a hero, brave and gallant. Hell yeah, he is. And Sansa thinks that Beric was handsome enough, but awfully old. He's fucking 22. Duh, fuck you. Awfully old. Fuck you, Sansa. Jesus. I'm offended. Wow. Anyway, she thinks that Sir Loras would have been better. But, of course, Jane had just been head over heels yeah, for Lord Beric. since that first moment Since she tournament. saw him in the lists, and Sansa thought she was silly. After all, she's only a fucking steward's daughter. Like Sansa gets Hold, now, well, fucking yeah, like bitchy. she's brutal there. She's she's just too polite to let her know. Yeah, that she, she doesn't you don't say stand it, a fucking chance. But bitch. she a hundred percent looks down on this girl. Fuck Jane Poole. But well, yeah, 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 yeah. Like this is her best friend. But yeah, she's a hundred percent like you're only a steward's daughter. Like you can't hope to marry in the realm yeah. that I can, bitch. Like uh, uh-uh. uh. And it even says she was beneath Lord Beric Dondarrion. He wouldn't even look her way. But, yeah, it would be unkind to say so. So Sansa takes a sip of milk and changes yeah. the subject. And she brings up a dream, quote, unquote, that <sighs> she had, which is actually just a wish. Yeah. Something, you know, when you're daydreaming yourself and you're just kind of picturing something you'd like to happen, that's basically what this is. But, yeah, she said that there was magic to dreams. Dreams were prophetic. People yeah. knew they were prophetic, which... I think is interesting that that's in, mentioned in this chapter. It comes up later yes. as well with Lady. Yeah. 
and some warging stuff that yeah, we'll Sansa is the only there. Stark that really isn't having these prophetic dreams because her separation with her wolf has happened type thing. Right. So I just, I like, fuck you, Jar Jar R. Martin, you clever, clever man. And so she mentions that the White Hearts are magical and rare and her gallant prince is worth, much worthier than his drunken father. And again, the Nuts of Silent Sisters did some amazing fucking research. Yeah, because we went that. to it a little bit during the Ned episode. They went further. But they went further and were really excited. Again, just because we'll... it's, it's fucking interesting shit. So we're going to keep that at the end, you yeah. know, just for people that don't want to listen to really cool facts that you should definitely listen to. But, you know. She but... thinks, in the songs, the knights never killed the magical beasts. But she knew Joffrey liked hunting, especially killing. Only animals, though. Sansa was certain that he had no part in Jory's murder. That was his wicked uncle, the king's Now, the, she <clears throat> she ends her statement with accuracy. Joffrey had nothing to do with Jamie confronting Jory and them. However. This girl. This girl. <laughs> like, all right, so let's just take the first part. Let's break She this. knew Joffrey likes hunting. Especially killing. So she's a, She knows he's a masochist. Right? Like, the red flag for me here. <laughs> hey, how are you? I know. So this is a great time to take us to this coffee shop. Listeners, Thank you. But it's... I like to brutally murder things. Yeah. Like, it's um... time for a, an us doodly doodly do. Like, 8, 10, 12, 13-year-old Zach, if I met you and you were like, yeah, I like killing animals, little 10, 12, 13-year-old Zach would have a big fucking issue with that. <laughs> Like I don't want to be your friend anymore. Sansa, you, like the blind, blindness is insane. Yeah, only animals though. Okay, okay, cause that that's cool. That like kosher. that makes it okay. Yeah, we're good. The fuck. So yeah, and then the whole you know having nothing to do with Jory's murder. Sure, yeah, yeah but. Yeah, it doesn't absolve irrelevant. his murder, uh, his part in Micah's, Micah's murder, yeah, right. which she denies vehemently yeah, later. At the end. So yeah, um, she mentioned that her father is still pretty upset about the Kingslayer. Which... Can we, oh, wait, 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 oh, wait, I might be cutting ahead of you, sorry. Yeah, oh, yeah. so just that he's very mad, um, but she says that it wouldn't be fair to J- blame Joffrey for what J- uh, Jamie had done. Yeah. That would be like blaming Sansa... For something that Arya had done. Yeah. And she's already got that in her mind right now. She's already got... Because she's going to be blaming everything on Arya here Yo, a little she bit. Goes, hey, everything. Arya. And she's already got it... Like, it's lodged in her mind here that she's going to get blamed for something for Arya. And, like, what, what would she would be... How would she respond to that? And... Then it's gonna happen here shortly. And she's speaking loses of it. the little she devil. Yes, as Jane if reading her mind that she saw Arya earlier walking through the stables on her hands. Why would she be doing that? And Sansa says, "Why the fuck does Arya <laughs> do anything? Hell if I know." So, I wanted to point out here. Um, it was always a, a dream of mine when I was a kid to be able to walk on my hands. Mm. And as, if you recall, I got pretty okay at it at certain points in my life. Um, I almost broke my neck like three years ago trying it again when I was a little too old to be trying that without, you know, practice and stretching. But for an eight-year-old girl to be just walking across the stables on her hands. Yeah, she don't give a shit. I just think that that's a big thing that we might miss that when she's at like the house of black and white in the future she's going through this training she's doing somersaults and shit she she's a fucking nimble agile acrobatic little i never really picked up on how much actually sirio is putting her through yeah and it's in the background where like she's walking through the she's balancing on on one foot in this i I, I sat there and i was kind of like yo what is this like maybe it was clean the stables but don't move unless you're on your hand. Like, that right, type of thing, yeah. you know? Like, this is what a water dancer would do. You have to clean these stables while walking on your hands. Do it with your feet. Use the broom with your feet or something. Like, who knows? And so, yeah, it's I just sweet. thought it was a really cool little background image there. But Sansa that. hates the stables, even when riding. And then it th- she thinks to herself that she liked the boy. She doesn't even fucking name 
these, the stable boy. Yeah, like she's so. She above liked them. to have the boy. Put, she's put the so sandwich. stationed. So like, check I, your fucking privilege, Sansa. I also, I kind of had a big this. I, I filled my fucking notebook with this chapter here. Um, we always are constantly referring to the the different people who are writing and how free they feel, but then we she get this. It. She she hates this. This stench, this thing, and I know it's not actually the the feeling of riding that she's denying, but do we ever get her riding a horse? It's not going to be for a long ass time, mm. like when she's with Peter Baelish, as far as I can recall. Yeah, right? no, it's no. Probably, as far as oh well, I mean maybe when she gets like torn down off of and doesn't the hound save her from the townspeople or some shit there? Yeah, during the bread riot. But like, but I don't to think actually she... be riding free for her. It's because we saw her on a horse with Joffrey for a bit, right? Right, and like it's it's more of the. I'm on a horse with him type. Exactly. It's Galen. It, and like, so it's she not the riding kind of, itself. The, she, and how behemoth she is towards the fucking, the stables themselves. It's just interesting that all well, these other people. Well, in the way people, that, uh, yeah, every, almost every other character, because even John, in a couple chapters ago, he went for his little night yeah, excursion night and felt there. free. Like, it's freedom for a lot of characters. And she, she's pushing in, in almost every way, shape, and form, because she gets... Not offers, because obviously things kind of get out of people's hands, but she's offered a, a, a way for freedom to go back to Winterfell later, and she denies that as well. She's right. just kind of like all of these different symbols yeah. of freedom for other characters, she is just ignoring or denying right. or... So, anyway, she gets mad at Jane Poole for, you know, and as, you know continu- and continues on with what's going on and what happened at she court. She mentions that there was a Black Brother of the Speaking Night's of Watch. smelling like horses... That he had been old and smelly, not at all like the old stories, because they had been black knights right. of the wall. Now, again, catching up with the past, Jor Mormon had sent Yorin south for this purpose, to plead to the king for help and, like, to get that extra help that they need. Uh, Ned... How lucky for Yorin that he arrives at King's Landing. I mean, like, obviously, like, but I was thinking about it. Yorin's trajectory, because he ends up with Tyrion... Then he sees Tyrion get captured, so he rides like hell for Ned. Then he arrives at Ned and tells Ned, so he's in Ned's good graces. And then Robert goes hunting, so now Ned is literally king for yeah. the day. And so the only person that when hear Yor- him. this is when Yorin is pre like asking him is when this dude who arrived and was like, "Yo, your wife yeah. did this. Like, I wanted to get here first to let you know." And, and now this guy sitting Benjen there. Benjen is, is my brother too. Like, you know, we're kind of <laughs> like brothers from another mother type thing so i was just like damn like either yorin is good at the game in just a very subtle way yeah or he's just getting lucky or he's just getting pretty lucky because yeah ned uh asks the hall if anyone if anyone want to volunteer and this is granted uh before he does that sansa's thinking about how how gross she always imagined men of the night's watch more like her again from the songs too these black knights of the wall and that's it but and i noticed that too that's it that's the only mention uncle benjamin nothing else it's just she imagined they would look like him a little more properly dressed right not how's he doing how's how shit like anytime she thinks about anyone and that's it and then she says that uh if this was what the night's watch was truly like she felt sorry for her bastard half brother John. Now, that's if she does. She's not saying she does feel that. Yeah, well. no. If she's saying if this is live. actually how it is, I don't know if that's how it is. It might still be like this. It songs. might just be this. But if that's dude. how it truly is, then I feel bad for that half yeah. bastard shit brother. So like, Ned proclaims Jesus. out asking, "Does anyone wish to volunteer for the Night's Watch for the honor of their house?" No one does. So Ned says that Yorin can have the pick of the dungeons, and then later. We were going to skip over it because we really don't Well, like... we can still mention it, but we were going to do it briefly just because, you know, we don't want to draw too much attention to ourselves. You know, Two, uh, two so... brothers from the Dordish Marshes that may or may not be connected with the Brotherhood without manners came so... and pledged their service to the king and Ned accepted their fealty. And so... Jane Poole interrupts there and that's that. Yeah, that's that. So <laughs> we, we don't really like our cameo getting public, but yes, this was Nate and Zach Carr, and we enjoyed swearing our loyalty to Ned Stark. Mm. Uh, anyway, no, uh, in the Not-So-Silent Sisters email, they, <laughs> they had some interesting predictions and thoughts on this. I was thinking on this as well, and I can, can't come up yeah, with I, anybody. Anyone in specific. Anyone um, like, significant they that had would be some... sleuthing. 
they had some fun. We'll, we'll get into. Yeah, we'll they had fun ones later, that so. we'll mention. And so, yeah, Jane asks for lemon cakes. They can't find any, so they go to the kitchen. They find half a strawberry pie, which they eat on the steps, giggling and gossiping and telling tales. And she, by the end of the night, by the time she goes to bed, she felt as wicked as Arya, yeah. which. Again, you went to the kitchens, which for a noble lady, I'm sure you are allowed to just stroll into right, the kitchen the... and take whatever you damn well please. And then you sat up a little Gossiping, bit late into yeah. the night. So I, I did want to mention for some reason I underlined it because it was important. Um, when Jane Poole first mentioned lemon cakes, Sansa says that she thinks that she hates being interrupted. Oh, yeah. But as much as she hates being interrupted, lemon cakes cake sound dumb. But I was more caught by that her hating being interrupted. Yeah, yeah. And wonder how much more that's going to play into things. In yeah, the no, I I caught that as well. I didn't know if it was significant enough to know, yeah, so I didn't. So but whatever. it says that she awoke before dawn and watched uh, as Lord Beric Dondarrion formed up his men, and as she sees Alan carrying the Stark banner amidst all these brave knights she thinks that the stark men look very proud in their gray so it was at this point that i kind of got decided to myself that what the theme of this chapter is is vanity is is her how vain she is alan was handsomer than jory had been he would be a knight one day you bitch just you know he he's barely he just died barely dead and you're you're only worried vani- about the fact yeah, that's that, a like, very good point. This this chapter is vanity, and because every little thing that she discusses is is either inconsequential, the way it looks, or, the way it's been told to her to look, or the ha- how it lines up with the songs. Yeah, and yeah, the, the, the stories. It's, it's and... so fantastical, but so it says that the tower of the hand feels empty after all the men leave. So much so. That Arya is even pleased to see Arya. Uh, I did want to mention that outside in the field oh, right yeah, before yeah. Beric and them left, that Sansa mentions there are three banners that were there. Oh, yeah, the banners. The crowned stag, the direwolf of the Starks, and the forked lightning of, of Lord Dondarrion himself. I suppose that is important, considering the Brotherhood Without Banners yeah. is essentially formed here with this grouping. These they'll guys up, right here. They'll pick up Angai, and uh, some other who won the archery Lam tournament in Lem, Lem, and Cloak. And yeah. A couple others, but yeah, this is the initial forming of the Brotherhood Ooh, Without and Banners. Ooh, Lem, Lem, and Cloak, man. The theories I like to follow about that motherfucker. So next time, yeah, next time we see them, there'll yes. uh, will be a couple books, so see you guys later. Anyway... Sansa says, yes, yeah, uh, she's pleased to see Arya at breakfast because the tower feels so empty. Who asks immediately if where? everyone went after Jamie Lannister, yeah. essentially. Like, they hunting down Jamie. Yeah, did Father send them out to get him? And... Sansa tells her that, no, Lord Beric rode out to behead Sir Gregor Clegane, and she asks Scepter Mordain. I, so, uh, this is, like, insanity. So, yes, but I love this a little, part. Like, a little a... bit, like... But Septa, the, the I, thing is, it, it, Septa be, puts up with some shit. So it's the way that this world is, because Septa's only mad because she's talking about it at breakfast. At breakfast, and I, it, it's that she's so of that noble mindset. She's so lost in that that she doesn't realize how fucked up the question really is. As yeah, great yeah. as it is, it's a fucking hysterical question. Would they be mounting the head of the mountain? At Lord Beric's keep, or would they be sending it here to King's Landing yeah, so we could have it, it back here? to the king? Me and Jane Poole were arguing about it last night, and we just don't know. The Septa is horror struck by this, as any responsible, reasonable <laughs> adult should be, and says that a lady does not discuss such things over porridge. Where are your courtesies? And then Sansa? this, I swear, of late you are as bad as Arya. Why so are that's they, horrible. Oh, Don't compare it. Like, like, not in front of her. Well, like, I know that uh, Ari is known for throwing the food and, you know, I giving her... But, it, like... You don't, you don't do that, Sept Yeah, not when Arya's sitting right there. The that's fuck, fuck, man? So Arya asks what it is that Sir Gregor did. She doesn't so, even give a fuck. And I love that she doesn't refer yeah, no, to him by his, uh, his nickname. Yeah, no. What did Gregor do? Not yeah. even Sir Gregor, just Gregor. Yeah. And Sansa tells her about the raiding and the pillaging, and Arya scowls and says, Jamie Lannister murdered Jory and Heward and Wool, and the Hound murdered Micah. Someone should behead them. Like, yeah. 
you know, yeah. logically. Accurate. Oh, accurate yeah, as fuck statement. And Sansa It's is not the Sa- same. It's Sansa. No. The Hamd is Joffrey's sworn shield. Your butcher's boy attacked the prince, which, like, you know is a lie. I understand. I, no, I get it. I get it. No, I and we, it, that's, what's, but... that's what's so good is that we saw that from Sansa's yeah. point of view. We know what happened. We know she is lying. But she's still she's, so caught yeah, up in she, it herself. It's, it's, a, it's that thing where, like, and that's what I fucking love about, like, her trajectory is if when she gets a little more footing under her, she's going to be the best fucking liar because she convinces herself yeah. of these things. Yeah. And that's it. It's like Once she pulls back that veil if you and can, then gets rid of the If you can fear. immerse yourself in the lie, no one will ever be able to call you out because you live it. And that's sort of what she does as yeah. Elaine, and that's what she's doing here with Joffrey. And exactly. She's convincing herself that there's a, there's a whole different fucking universe around her. But as much as she's convinced herself, Arya's like, fuck you, liar. you're a liar. And squeezes the blood orange so tightly in her hand that the red juice runs which just looks like blood which i thought is excellent foreshadowing with aria fucking with a bloody fist and sansa says call me all the names you like but once i've married the prince i'll be queen and you'll have to call me your grace and aria flings the blood orange at her takes her right in the forehead and plops down on the table and aria says plops down in her lap oh her lap that's right and aria says you have juice running down your face your grace and fucking mic drop Oh, absolutely. Like, right there, end of chapter, and end of book. Sansa composes herself, and it's wiping it with a napkin, and it's when she sees what it does to the dress, yes. again, the vanity of it, she freaks the fuck out. She starts shrieking. You're horrible. They sh- yeah, she gets, she gets fucking brutal Yeah, they, sh- they should have killed you instead of Lady. Like, Dang. Now, that's important. She brought up Lady. Oh, right yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Lady's on her mind. So... Septa Mordain's had enough. She jumps to her feet, shrieking that your father will hear of this now to your chambers, both of you at once. I'll not hear of it. Sansa's like, even me? It was Arya. And Septa's like, nah, fuck out of here. Go. Go. And so Sansa goes with her head up because she was to be a queen, and a queen does not cry. At least not where people can see Now, is that something that Cersei... Does Cersei cry when she's doing her walk of shame? Has she done the walk of shame yet in the books? Yeah, yeah, because she gets taken in the arms of Robert Strong. Right, she just did that. Yeah. That's, that's... Um, I don't know if... I, I'm pretty sure she cries, but I, like, I would not be shocked if that's the first... Like, Sansa certainly hasn't seen her cry. Like, right, right. And I think that's also just another song thing. Of, yeah, no, you know, yeah, yeah, It's the beauty, the vanity. Don't let no, them see No, I was just wondering if it was just some kind of a, you know... We'll see that in Cersei at some point, too. With so, the in her bedchamber, Sansa balls up her dress and screams that I hate her, meaning Arya, and throws the dress into the cold hearth. And it was in this moment that I was hit with another scene of Sansa's, yes. which is in Clash of Kings, when the poor, poor girl does eventually flower after her father's been beheaded and all the rest of her family is gone, and it's just her in this shitty situation. And she panics because she knows that her flowering means she can have Joffrey's children and she'll be married to him. So she tries to hide it by doing the exact same thing, by, one, trying to first cut her bedspread in the sheet and stuff them into the fire, and then by just shoving the whole mattress in there. And Now, we also came to the, once you brought this to light, the fact that where the, the blood orange landed in her lap and the stain, the red-orange stain that left was going to be in that same position yeah, where exactly, the stain would where be. she would be bleeding when and she so for up. it to actually have that imagery of you know her throwing something that appears like the the blood well that was there. it because i was in it it's inappropriate but yeah it, it's it's over her her fucking her good bits and so when when i was reading it i was initially like is this a is this foreshadowing like a, a bad childbirth or like getting violated violently and then i was like or is is it because as soon as she threw the dress into the fire and it said it was the cold hearth because when she stuffs her stuff and she actually has to pour oil on it and light it and it's just smoking and it's terrible so yeah i think this is directly saying that yeah it's gonna be another similar scene but 
with the with yeah, the vanity real blood, being completely the, exactly, gone. the veil's lifted yeah, at that point. The, yeah. It's the real deal. It's the real deal. So she she freaks out when she sees it's on her underclothes, chucks those in there too, and then she just flops in bed and, and cries herself to sleep. Cries herself to sleep. So yeah, it says that she awoke to Septimortine knocking at midday saying that your father will see you now, Sansa. And Sansa calls out Lady because it seems at this point that she was still in the room with her. Yeah, our lady is still in the room with her, and it says that she had been dreaming of her. And so it says in the dream that they were running together, which isn't essentially warging, but I, I really do believe that this was her so, sort of last gasp of war. Do you think that any part of Lady was taking comfort in Sansa at the time of its uh, of her death? And so potentially they were kind of she was able to free open that share that warging ability in her unconscious state because she's kind of there with Sansa. Yeah, I'm I'm not see, I don't know. Like for me it just kind of feels like this was the last little bit that she was ever gonna get of her Stark lineage. Right. Sort of right. again before this veil is lifted of because they're running together, but it, she says it's like trying to k- catch water through your hands. Trying She's to losing it. the memory. And it, as like I was reading it, I just kept picture lady, lady running further from her and her not being able to keep up. And then it says, and then it faded and lady was dead again. Yeah. So can I also mention that now that I think about it, whenever other people war, it doesn't fade. The, yeah. The, the, like when, uh, for instance, just as a, an example in Mercy, when she wakes up in the beginning... She can smell she the can blood taste and taste it. Yeah, the blood, yeah. and it's still there. Like Her she's heart's mentioning pounding. it, like, and she's like, "Yeah," but it's not like it's fading, like sh- like running sand or water. Like she's not losing it. She can taste that, and it's there and lingering. Yeah. So I just I thought it was interesting that it's sort of it seems to be this last high of yeah. But Septim Ordain raps on the door and says that Lord Stark will see you now. Yeah, yeah, let's go. So Sansa asks for a moment to dress and then goes down. And when she arrives in Ned's solar, he is bent over a large book, which... Thinking about it right then and there. So he's actually reading it right then. And when Sansa Sansa enters, he very not unkindly bids her enter. Which is... So... As Arya. In the chapter where Arya went and hid herself in her room, barred herself in and wouldn't open it until Ned was the one to come in, it says that he came in and he said something to her not unkindly yeah he it's doesn't he, yeah uh may i come in right. i think he asked her yeah he yeah did. It, right. it, so it's showing that he never yells at them or berates them and he tells her come come sit beside me and then he uh septum Ordain goes and gets Arya and returns with Arya <laughs> squirming in her grass which fuck it Arya. so ned thanks her and says that he would speak alone with his children and so septa leaves and sansa immediately launches into an anti Arya. yeah it was Arya's fault i didn't do anything wrong i'm innocent she She's... hates when things are beautiful and perfect and nice and fancy like just shit so at the same her. time though like cuz it's it, a, they're siblings. We bickered like that. Mm. We, with the other one, also bickered like that with... Um, they're sisters. This is to be expected. This yeah. isn't anything crazy. Even her wishing she was dead. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the number of times you've actually attempted to kill you. know... We can't talk about it too much because if it's on record... Right. Come on. So, the... I think that this does give us, if you look between the lines, a good character builder for Arya... You know, she she obviously doesn't hate things that are beautiful. She doesn't hate these other... She enjoys adventure. She enjoys this. She was so the one looking out the windows on exactly. the journey on the King's Road. And so we'll yeah. get even more of that again here in, at the end of the chapter, but... Arya speaks up, because no, Ned, Ned cuts Ned, Sansa yeah, off he, enough. Enough and Sansa. And it's, it's Kurt, and I think that's about as much as well, he ever raises said, his Ned voice. Ned silences her, his voice sharp with impatience, which is just that... We're done. You're done. Yeah. Enough. That's yeah. not what we're here to you talk about. You know what about. that's like, don't you, with uh, the little one? Mm. Yes, I'm aware. And so Arya speaks yes. out and says, I'm sorry, father. I was wrong, and I begged my sister's sweet sister's forgiveness, which I, I think, think is, this is Serio's teachings. I think this is Arya and Ned's last talk. Well, that too, with like, him saying, can you, you just need to think like, about the family. Do me this solid like, and, and like, try. Bond. Yeah, and so I think she's like, shit, like, my bad dad. I didn't, like, I, I didn't realize I was, was just that fucking that off makes sense. and, like, yeah. shit got carried away. And I think Serio definitely is sort of tempering her. Yeah, to, right. And I think she understands that. So and Sansa was so shocked that, uh, 
what was I going to say? She was so shocked that she doesn't even, it takes her a minute to realize, you know, that she's still pretty pissed about the whole ordeal, but she mentions, you know, that you ruined the dress. That's fine silk. Arya says she'll clean it. And Sansa's like, fuck that bitch. Nah. I'll make you a new one. It's stained, and seriously, you? Yeah. You, you like, fucking Arya's dumb little trying. shit? Are you kidding? So Ned sighs and says that, yeah, no, I didn't bring you here to talk about this fucking dress. I brought you here because I'm sending you both back to Winterfell. And they both immediately, vehemently So Arya, you can't. Sansa says, please don't. So I like the two differences in the way that they protested. You can't. Please don't. I really like that Ned smiles at the fact yes. that they both finally agree, agree yes. on something. It smiles and That's says, just at such last a good we moment. found something you can both it's agree on. It's just such on. a good moment Yeah, for Ned, it's, like, it's outstanding. His two and so, fucking daughters. Sansa tries to argue again about how she didn't have anything to do with what's going on. She didn't do anything wrong. Even aside from that, we get why. Like she, In her well, head, you, she thinks she doesn't want to go back. She loved the pageantry of King's Landing, the vanity. The lords and the ladies, the city, the tournament was the most magical day of her entire life. And then there's all the things she hasn't seen again. The, the mummers shows and, yeah, and festivals right. and harvest balls. But I like how she, even in her mind, said that she loves King's Landing. Yeah. And it's, like you mentioned, that, that vanity. And there's nothing wrong with, you know... A, a little girl dreaming about being the queen and liking pretty things or anything like that. It's about the the danger the, surrounding them. The danger everywhere. And, and that forced ignorance. You know, refusing to see what's right there. Yeah, and so Ned. she says, "Send Aria away, but I'll be good if you just let me stay. I'll prove it to you. Please, just let me stay." Yeah, she says, "I can be fine and proper as the queen herself." Basically. And so Ned says. That he isn't sending them away as punishment. Like, it's not because of your bickering. Though I'm fucking sick to all hell of it. He says it's for their own safety. Three of his own... And he says this aloud to them. Three of my own men were cut down. And what does Robert do? He goes hunting. Like... And we that, that's safe. like such that really like yeah. puts it in Yeah, because he says not terms. like not half a mile around the corner from yeah. here. Like they died. And Arya Sansa asks. Well, Sansa looks at Arya and Arya was chewing at her lip in that disgusting way she had. I chew my lips. And like thinking Dang, she just has so much venom at poor yeah, Arya yeah, right now. Immediately but targets. These are some of their last interactions oh, together. Yeah, yeah. And so like we got to also keep that in mind. That, again, full spoiler as always. But yeah, this is how they're going to leave their relationship is these, these See, last and again, few moments. again, we're hitting what's important to them because Sansa, the pageantry, the Lords and Lady of the City, the tournament, Arya. Justice, fairness well, for her friends. Well, she just asks, can Sirio and come back with us? And then can Sirio like, come back with us? They, like, she's established a relationship with this guy. It's really the only person she has in King's Landing. That's all that she's worried about there in King's Landing. Yeah. And... Uh, that Sansa. Sansa flies off the fucking handle. Who cares about your stupid dancing master? Father, oh, I just remembered. I can't go back to uh, I'm to marry Prince Joffrey. And it says that she tried to smile bravely for him. I love him, father. Oh, I do. We will be so happy together, she says. And Ned, she goes on and on. And it's just nonsense. But I can't get over that. She tries to smile bravely for him. Like, she's breaking the news. Like, Dad, sorry, but, like, we're in love, and we're going to do it. We're getting hitched. <laughs> we're getting fucking hitched, and, you know, sorry. He also knocked me out. Like, just, it's a whole ordeal. Or at least that's what I'm going to let, like. And she says that she loves him as much as, you know, the women in the, in the songs loved the magical nights and all that shit. Well, Ned says, sweet one. When you're old enough, which, thank you, Ned, when yeah, you're old enough. Yeah, he's aware that P Baelish is fucking out of his mind. Well, he's aware that Baelish is. He's also aware that, like, this was a yeah, super yes. early match to me. And a bad match And to he me. says, I'll match you with a high lord worthy of you, someone brave and gentle and strong. This match with Joffrey was a terrible mistake. That boy is no Prince Aemon, believe me. Yeah. Prince Aemon. Well, because she, like she was talking about how Prince Aemon... 
uh, in the chat. That's uh, the paragraph, the night that she was talking like, about. Like the Mace Eamon reference, uh, Down in King's Landing. It's Lady nice. Neris had been in love with Prince Eamon, and mm-hmm. so she says that I'll love him as I love him as much as Neris loved Prince Eamon. And he says that boy is no Prince Eamon. Yeah, damn straight. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so she insists that he is. He is strong and he is gentle. And I, I don't want him to be gentle, and I don't want him to be brave. We'll still be happy. I'll give him a son with golden hair, and he'll be the greatest king there ever was. Brave as a wolf and proud as a lion. And Arya makes a face. Not if Joffrey's his father, which fucking gold. Like, yeah, that kid ain't gonna be shit. So, yeah, that's... And And second, he's a liar and a craven. And anyhow, he's a stag, not a lion. And Sansa yells at him. And this is what's so wonderful about this point is that it's just her vanity and her obsession with that that has given her the insight to see that Joffrey is nothing like his slob of a father. He's the royal Lannister, that yes. proud, cunning. Exactly. And so she says he's nothing like that drunken king. And it, it hits Ned like a fucking... Yeah, and I love how she even is like... Father looks at her strangely. And he... Gods... And he swore softly out of the mouth of babes. And she's, they're like, Dad, what the fuck are you talking Dad. about, dude? Like, Dad, and you're so he's scaring got, us. Well, he just closed the book. It's sitting next to him right yeah, there. Yeah. And, so, and he immediately shouts, Send up my dad! Get him. We're done. Go get, get, get these fucking kids! Get him. Well, oh, yeah, he, but he so, tells the girls yeah. that essentially they're going to take ship. He's, he's going to find them a ship to take them to Winterfell because the seas are safer than the high road right now. Duh. And they're, you know, they're still arguing, yada, 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 but he says they will take ship with Septim well, yeah, Ordain, Arya said, some guards, yeah, and, and, Arya with, looks and, at and yes, and Serio Pharrell, if he agrees to enter my service. However, say nothing of this. It wouldn't do if anyone knew of our plans, and we'll talk tomorrow. And Sansa's just crying. Yeah. She's a weeping mess. So Septa comes and fetches them. Sansa is crying as they leave and thinks that they were taking away everything, the tournament, the court, and sending her back to the bleak gray walls of Winterfell. Her life was over before it began. So at the beginning, she was, well, when she woke up, she was talking about how proud and clean and great the dark black and the white on the the men gathering with Barrett yeah. were and now it's gray and bleak I mean, winter give it fucking eight ten chapters she's gonna be thinking about winterfell and rob and catelyn and bran right. wistfully wishing she was there instead of here but septa mordain tells her to stop her weeping that her lord father knows best Arya oh, yeah. legit tries to be nice here. Yeah, like, well, that's I, I realize she's been doing the whole time. She's yeah, yeah, she's nice like and... she's being civil about it, and she says, you know, it's not all so bad, Sansa. Like soon we're gonna get to sail on a galley, and that'll be an adventure. Which, like Arya, that's not really Sansa's thing. But then she says, but then we'll be with Bran and Rob again, and Old Nan and, and Hodor and, and all the rest. And Sansa acts like a fucking jerk. And I thought it was funny because she yells Hodor, and I was like, Hodor! And I was like, is Hodor here suddenly? Sansa yelled, "You ought to marry Hodor. You're just like him, stupid and hairy and." ugly and she wrenches her arm away from Arya, who because she had touched her arm yeah. when she was telling and then just fucking slams their room door bars that shit goes running off and that's that that's that which like yo that strikes two and three right there bitch you don't fucking don't insult hodor hodor dumbledore in front of me <laughs> So, yeah, fuck you, Sansa, for shitting on Hodor. And I also, that reminds me of her in the stable boy, the way she referenced him as the boy, which is probably how she thinks of Hodor. It's like, oh, yeah, he's the, well, he up. is the stable yeah, boy. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's what I mean. He is the stable boy, yeah. but everyone there knows him as and Hodor. That's why she's like, so offended giant. by the fact that she said, well, you could see Hodor. Why would I want to see him, of all people? Are you kidding me? Like yeah, He's what? ugly and stupid and hairy. And exactly. that's so fucking, you're just rude. rude. You're rude. So, anyway. do you have an inductee? I do. Do have an inductee? I was. I don't want to give it to Littlefinger. I love that fucking line that life is not a song, sweetling. Yeah. But I don't want to give it to him because I his weirdness. It's the same thing with Jorah. It's the same kind of weirdness. I don't like it. Jorah gets weird. Yeah, he gets very Jorah creepy with Danny. This in this too, series, yeah, he's gross Jorah. in the book. But my inductee for this one, fuck, would have to go. I think. <laughs> All right, well, I'm giving mine to Beric Dondarrion oh, okay. since you're taking forever. 
um, because he he took his lord's charge. He you know he was told what to do. He got them all those guys up at daybreak, had the mountain going. We're not going to see him for a long long time, but we know he's going to be handling some shit. He's going to die a few times. Like True. this motherfucker. Yeah, no, the mountain's going to kill him. We're going to induct him into the brotherhood. True. How's that for a fucking switcheroo? He uh, he dies for the brotherhood. He gives Catelyn the kiss of life. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that one was dope. And my inductee is going to go... It was going to go to Arya, but I know one of the not-so-silent sisters gave it to Arya because she's fantastic. Yeah, so let me read hers then yeah, read since hers. you're taking forever. Oh, That's, my God. Well, you're going to go last, apparently. So we're going to go with the, just their inductees for right now and get into the email a little bit after that. So right away, I know this is from Brandy. I know Afton is going to scoff at me, and most people do as well, but I will be inducting Sansa to the Sisterhood because I love her character. Bless her little heart. Don't get me wrong. I rolled my eyes at least five times while rereading her chapter, but it's setting up for so much to go down for her character in the future. It won't happen to her until later, but we witnessed one of the greatest tragedies, apparently that word's hard for me to pronounce, of life, the loss of naivety, the, uh... Excuse me, the loss of innocence. I forget where I heard it, but someone once said every human being experiences three losses in their life. The loss of naivety, the loss of innocence, and finally the loss of life. Although we see plenty of characters go through terrible ordeals that change their view of the world, I would argue Sansa's is the greatest. And yes, she's ir... Oh my god, incorrigible at times. Okay, in the first book, all the time. But she takes something away from every loss she experiences. Uncepta Afton is absolutely scoffing at <laughs> Uncepta Brandy's choice. I will induct the other sister, Arya, because, well, she's so funny in this chapter. You have juice on your face, you grace. And the only reason she doesn't want to leave King's Landing is because of Sirio. She doesn't give a damn about court and tourneys and all that other shit that Sansa loves about King's Landing. And so, very great, uh, inductees. I like them. Sorry I butchered your stuff. So, I believe that I've heard that little the loss of naivety, innocence, and yeah. life. Uh, granted, as a you know full time funeral director and having officiated some funerals, I've used that at some services myself. So I feel like it derives from some religious funeral rites. But if not, it was cool anyway. Yeah, no, it fits on so well. Do you finally have your inductee ready? Yeah, I had it ready, and then you cut me off all crazy. I was going to give it to Arya, but instead I will give it to Ned because of how just... He made it. He got there eventually, and just the scene itself is just a funny one to imagine him tripping out in front of his daughters here. And so they do also have quite a lot to say. Uh, The rest of their email regarding this chapter, they really enjoy the way Martin captures the rivalry between these two, and it says that, dude, fuck that goddamn creep, Littlefinger. We cringe every time he's with Sansa. It's unfortunate, but as women, we can say, much to our disappointment, that those kind of men are more common than you'd think. We'd like to bring a little bit of the female perspective to the discussions when we can. Absolutely, that's why we we enjoy you writing in. However, he delivers one of the most insightful lines in this book, and Sansa repeats it almost word for word to herself later. Life is not a song, sweetling. You may learn that one day to your sorrow. Damn. Heavy. And then it says, uh, based on the white heart, that Brandy is seriously procrastinating on writing her thesis. Brandy, get to it. Get it done. So she did a little side research on the meaning of a white heart, and apparently heart is an archaic word meaning mature stag and is associated with Hearn the Hunter in English folklore. Yeah. He is a ghost and said to naturally have antlers on his head, rides a horse, torments cattle, and rattles chains. Additionally, a pub called The White Heart was written in some science fiction literature, and while it's fictional, the name was based on a real pub in England named The White Horse, where science fiction authors would gather, drink, and be merry in the 40s and 50s. They say it's possibly irrelevant, but we think it's interesting. Yo, that was super awesome. Thank you so much for taking some time to look that up, because that shit, like the, the English folklore and the you know the ghost with some fucking antlers is some cool-ass shit. But it's really cool to see the perspective, because I know that Martin himself is a historian. He loves that kind of stuff. And so it very well could be the kind of stuff that influenced his decision to put a heart in there, because it's so mystical and magical to mm. bring that element of, of nature. And so, you know, we know that there's unicorn 
unicorns out on Skag and shit like that. You know, the goat unicorns or whatever the fuck they're yeah, going to be. Yeah. But, like, maybe this is his version of the actual mystical unicorn is the heart in this world. I still just think it's a Patronus. Oh, right. Okay. That, yeah. uh, sure. Anyway, they also say that Sansa really needs to get some sense and wake the fuck up. She, <laughs> she even realizes that Joffrey likes hunting, especially the killing part. We have nothing against hunting, but Joffrey is a fucking psychopathic monster. Brandy thinks Sansa is willfully ignorant. She contends she's smarter than we realize. Rolls eyes. She, I mean, she definitely shows. I mean, like she I is intelligent. Because I did bring up her wisdom there of knowing that that little, little finger is mocking or complimenting her. Like she's she's got it there. She's just being willfully ignorant. And it says that she mentions mentions to Jane, fuck that bitch. Fuck that, that bitch. Fuck that bitch. That two brothers from the Dornish Marshes came and pledged their swords to Robert, and I've been wondering who they could have been. I don't think it was Ankai. I'm pretty sure it's not Ankai because he, no, he was offered dead service. Yeah, he uh, Ned went to him. Granted, maybe he turned it down because was it, he wasn't the one that was too high on being named a knight and no he was just too high in his riches and wine like right, he, right he won the archery contest so he turned Ned's down yeah yeah so he would have been more likely of... to have pledged his bow anyway yeah yeah uh, they, or they don't think any of the other future brotherhood without banners but it is fun to try to figure it out and then i love your fucking word oh my here. god like who do you think you are and then they say a couple of kettle blacks perhaps one could be moon boy for all we know or most likely, they're just a couple of random dudes. So yeah, just yeah, just, you know, somebody could pros- possibly be fucking some kettle blacks or you know the moon boy for all we know. Who knows? Where do the whores go? I don't know. So thank did we, you guys. So I got a quick much. question. We did. We did read. Yes. Okay, we did. All right. I was concerned that we didn't read your inductees for the Iron Throne, Ned. Did we or did we you not? You know, I'm not thinking so. Let's just throw them in real quick. Hell just yeah, in we're going to throw them in. You know, you get double time. Fuck it. Yeah, I don't think uh, we did get a chance to read them out on our Ed- Ned episode. So for uh, Edard 11, they induct unorthodox, but Uncepta Brandy is going to bring the Grand Iron Throne into the sisterhood. This is the first time we get a good description of its history, although this is one of the few re- recreations done by the show that I did not like. Agreed. But I. Uh, I don't think they did it justice, at least in grander. Again, agreed, as we said. But I imagine it would have been quite a challenge to recreate the full towering Iron Throne forged by Aegon the Conqueror. Moreover, as my counterpart pointed out, the sisters always need a place to rule anyway. So, and then Uncepta Afton was going to induct the handsome Knight of Flowers, Loris Tyrell. Oh, he's such a dream. He's just so cocky and brash, and she loves it. Although he would have been completely annihilated by Gregor, you can't dismiss his bravery. Or maybe we should call it youthful arrogance. So, I think we should call it bravery, because until he dies from it, you know, then it's youthful arrogance. But Jamie Lannister will in, I believe it's Feast for Crows, mention specifically about Loras Tyrell. He's me. I'm him. When I'm talking to him, I see him with that youthful arrogance and brash, like... One, Loras is uh, most definitely cocky. Uh... Very cocky. Yes, all sorts of cocky. (laughs) All sorts of all the cocky. He's a very cocky. He's very cocky. Second, um, yeah, and I thought he didn't he he goes to like Dragonstone. Yeah, doesn't he he gets injured? He gets burned. He gets fucked up, right? Because he goes trying to climb the wall. Climb the wall Mm -hmm. and be Thoros Mm Amir, and you ain't no Thoros Amir. Yeah, sorry, Loras, you're not. Ned Stark told you you were gonna get fucked up. That's great inductees to the Sisterhood. Thank Thank you you as always for for writing in this chapter. As they say, all men must die, but we are not men. Um, anyway, if you were... would like to have us read your inductees after you've heard our thoughts, the sisterhood's thoughts. I mean, I'd like to read your stuff. So right, even if you don't feel like hearing us read it, like you could still send it in and like just I don't know. So why don't us. you tell them the places that they can send it to? Uh, you can do it at Twitter. I'm at Twitter at Carstark92 or Nate's on Twitter at Manners Without. We have Facebook, facebook.com slash Brotherhood Podcast. We're on Instagram at Brotherhood Without. We are also on iTunes, uh, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Google Podcasts, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, leave us a rate and review on the i the Apple Podcasts, and we would love you forever for that. We appreciate those greatly. You know who I won't love forever for that? Apple. 
Yeah. Yeah. They're jerks. They're jerks. Okay. All right. You can also head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash without manners. Join the club, man. It's cool. We got some little bonuses for you there. We're going to be working on more stuff as we keep yeah, mentioning. Don't lie. But we have one bonus at the moment, but we will broaden Well, that. no, because there's also, they get access to our closed Facebook group, and you will write them a handwritten letter inducting them into the the brotherhood which i just dropped on you right now so you're welcome for letting you know you'll be doing that um great so hit, send us messages guys you can always just send us messages also on any of those socials don't at me about my shitty handwriting <laughs> that's that i forgot how bad your chicken scratch is yeah granted you talk shit about mine all the time you son of a bitch anyway you're we'll rude. catch you guys on the next one who is next the next one is it's ned ned, ned it's again at, at 12 at 12 yeah at, at our 12 um, it's back and forth and then right after it's a short one so we might be combining it with danny Danny but um, otherwise, if you're able to send us, you know, I don't know, some cool theory or something, maybe we'll just do uh, Ed at the beginning and maybe some theory talk after the chapter. You know, we'll, but, we'll figure it out as we're doing notes and figure if it's if it's too jarring to go from Ned to Danny because Danny might have a lengthy chapter as usually she is gets, off all yeah, by herself, so, by so herself, she needs a decent so chunk over there. Chunk. So we'll see how that works. And uh, regardless, yeah, just send us in stuff. Send us in stuff for Ned. Send us in stuff for Danny. Send us in stuff for Ned getting his head chopped off, or Danny's dragons hatching, or, or the gold, the crowning. Danny in the fucking the great crown, yeah. grass sea. I think again. her brother's getting crowned soon. Here, yeah, her so. brother's getting crowned. I think her next is that chapter. this next one? Maybe yeah. yeah so yeah, we look forward to hearing from you guys. But until next time, peace. What's up, everybody? It's Nate here from Brotherhood Without Manners. I'm just going to sneak in and tell you really quick about this sweet app called PodCoin. If you listen to podcasts at all, especially Brotherhood Without Manners, all you have to do is download this app, download our podcast, put in the code BROTHERHOOD, and you will get 300 coins. And you can spend those coins on all sorts of cool stuff, gift cards, donating to charity, whatever. So give it a try. Let us know if you like it. We really enjoy using it for our podcast listening. Uh, You can get free stuff, so why not take advantage of something you already do?